Hey, this is uh, this is Jesse Fleming, and you're listening to Rebel Radio here at Coachella. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up? What up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh-huh. Rebel Radio is going down. What did you say? Rebel Radio? Oh wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. Hey, what's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio. We're coming at you this week with the first of three episodes recorded live on the field at Coachella. We were at Coachella Weekend 2 and scored some press passes. Uh, we were able to get backstage with the artists and, and performers um, and sit down and do some quick interviews. They're not quite as long as our usual shows, but we were on the run. You'll definitely hear some background noise, maybe some bass thumping from Coachella. It's loud out there if you've never been. Uh, if you didn't know, Coachella is my favorite music festival in the world. I, I love everything about it. We can, you know, we can have coffee and I'll tell you all about why Coachella is so great. But I'm really excited to be coming at you live from there. First up is going to be my man Jesse Fleming. He's the founder of Doolab. Uh, if you don't know the Doolab, they throw great events, um, including the Lightning in a Bottle Festival, uh, which some people say is kind of like a mini Burning Man um, I, I don't know if that's true or not, but I have a feeling it's a great one. Uh, and they also do the Doolab stage at Coachella, which is, which is one of my favorite parts of the Coachella Festival. It's just a great vibe, great music, and uh, a really cool place to be. Jesse's got some great lessons. Did I, did I say great enough? Um, he's got some cool lessons from backstage at the Doolab stage. Um, talking about just doing it for the love how he and his two brothers got started uh, really just trying to do something that they they were passionate about and really built an amazing business for themselves. Um, he, he talks about how they run it like a family and the upside and downside of that. There's definitely a cost to uh, running their business that way, but, but uh, those are the choices we make. And he kind of tells us what it's like to question the mission that his company gets more successful every year and his brothers and he got to keep figuring out if if that's what they want to do really good stuff in this episode i'm I'm so happy with the way it came out we're going to get into it right after our edm.com track of the week here To the way that you walk Butterflies are in my stomach And the weight in the talk to you ooh, ooh. Maybe this can be some fun Hard to swallow And that supermodel That you follow Wants to dance was the edm.com track of the week that was huntable it's h-v-n-n-i-b-l 
so however that's pronounced the track's called mutual it's a great track and if you liked it get over to edm.com and check out some more great music for now let's get into this interview with jesse fleming the clutches in your hand, press my chest to their heartbeat. You got an overtone, yeah. Thanks for making time, man. I know it's uh, a lot going on this weekend, so it's my pleasure. I appreciate it, absolutely. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of what you guys are doing. I gotta confess, I've been coming to Coachella since the beginning, and last year somehow I discovered the Do Lab stage. I don't know. I'm Since like, the very beginning, you've been coming. Yeah, so we we worked uh, we worked on Coachella at the beginning. Yeah, I had a street team company that that they used to promote the show the first couple of years until they didn't need street teams anymore. Yeah, and then I produced the uh, like the official after party for a couple of years right. until they decided they didn't need after parties anymore. Yeah, smartly. Um, so I go way back with those guys, and yeah, I've been coming. You know, it, it, you know, I bring the family now. It's my son's fifth Coachella. Wow. Uh, nice. So somehow I missed the do lab stage. Like that's I don't know where you, I, I don't know where you've been if you've missed it because like it was smack dab in the middle for I, ten years. I'm embarrassed to say, like, <laughs> uh, but I had a great time. Like I came with Layu and hung yeah, out with him nice. and, and, uh, and something special um so i always like to get into um just a little bit about kind of how you how you got to this point and like what what was the um what, what led you into this business in the first place for us i think it was we just wanted to create things you know we woke up every day and we're like what can we create and, yeah. and my twin brother josh always had a lot of crazy design ideas for sculptures and installations and things and you know we would just rally ourselves and rally our friends and be like let's just go build this stuff so the whole business was kind of formed around creating an opportunity for us to just do what we want which is just create and, and build that's so cool like um you know, just the paths that it, that, that it must have taken you down. We've gone down a million paths. And in the very beginning, the business really had no vision. We didn't really know what we did. So we would do lighting jobs and decor jobs, and we would do odds and ends and random things. Anything to get a couple bucks to help pay So you didn't set out to create a music festival? No, we never, you know, we started doing, uh, we started doing lightning in a bottle maybe 15 years ago as a birthday party and it was only 150 people but at the time nobody imagined it would become what it is we yeah. never thought it was going to be a big music festival and it wasn't even the goal it was just we were just doing it for fun we love to do it with our friends hey don't forget to support blue apron blue apron is a sponsor of the rebel radio show we got blue apron delivered to the house now every week it's um it's great, delicious, healthy meals. They do all the prep for you. You just throw it in the oven or cook it up and, and have a wonderful meal with the family. Make sure you hit up Blue Apron if you like it. Uh, I'd love to hear what you think about it. Was there a point where you, the three of you, 
kind of realize that this is your business and you're and you're you know that you can make a living doing this i mean there was i remember one moment when josh and i my twin were standing on this field here at coachella i've been to every single coachella except for the first one yeah. also so you know before we started doing the do lab thing we stood on this field and we we're like we could do this like this is what we could be doing with our lives and we were we kind of like just committed at that moment yeah we're like, this is what we want to do. And, yeah. and I think from there, it just, you know, subconsciously started to unfold and happen. It wasn't like we didn't make a game plan and start to make it happen. Our Everything we've done has always been like this organic growth process. Yeah. There was never a plan. There's still no real plan. Like, you know, like, okay, what are we going to do next year? Yeah. There's no two years or three years. Right. We're, not really, we're so busy in the now trying to just get through what we've, what, like, we've bit off that we don't think that far ahead, but... Uh, it's been an organic growth process and we're just kind of every day we do what we feel like is the right thing to do and this is kind of where it's led yeah so it's, that's what an amazing way to do it yeah I mean I don't, there is no what we do specifically there's no path you can follow right there's nobody else that's doing it that we can really look up to yeah uh, you know there's event promoters and festival promoters but the combination of of the art and the structures and the performance and the the workshops and everything else that we kind of do it's we're kind of paving that way so it's we've been carving that path ourselves and uh, just trying to figure it out as we go along I mean it's cool to hear you say that I, I, my, my guest last week actually was Kevin Lyman who's the founder of Warp Tour and I'm a huge fan of his and, and what he's built and I asked him something about um, you know he was talking about how the, the festival he called it festival bubble right but there's just so many festivals going on right now and um, I asked him, what did he wish that all these young festival promoters knew? And he said, kind of what you just said, that, like, take your time and build your brand, build the thing that's special about what you do, and don't just, like, bite off everybody else. Yeah, I mean, a lot of, we're seeing it now, and, you know, we're, we're flattered. It's cool to see a lot of smaller events kind of use our formula. Sure. And we're constantly trying to change to so we don't look like everything else that's popping up yeah. and it's really challenging to try and stay different especially when you've been different for so long and all of a sudden you're not different anymore because everybody's doing it so what's an example of, of a change like that well we're trying to create uh, you know lighting in a bottle we're trying to create a lot of new areas and interesting uh, places for people to congregate we call them interactive areas for lack of a better term uh, but just what we try and do is mash up ideas and, and create these small intimate environments where uh, human interaction can take place. You know, we're trying to get people away from big stages and try and get them down, strip everything away and get people face to face where you're going to meet a stranger yeah. and you're going to make a lifelong bond potentially, you know, or meet your future wife or husband or yeah. just best friends. And, is it? That for like we get so much feedback and that's the exciting stuff for us. Like people that their lives are changed or they met their best friend or they met their wife or yeah. all those things. So I know the, the community, you know, is a big part of what you guys do and and, and what drives that. Um, so how do you decide what feedback to listen to, you know, and what to kind of keep internal? You mean feedback from people? Yeah. I mean you can't really decide what to listen to or not. Like once you hear it or once you read it, it affects you. You know, when I read yeah. a negative comment, 
it bums me the fuck out. Sure. Even if I read a thousand amazing comments, that one comment, that yeah. one punk ass kid that's like snarky or saying <laughs> some some shit, yeah. like, that's what really like grabs me. And only because I want that kid to be happy. Right. You know, like I want to figure out how to get that guy and have him realize like. Uh, you know, wow, this is actually, this is really cool. So yeah. I don't think you can pick and choose what feedback, but um, it all affects us. Um, yeah. But the positive stuff, I mean, the people, we get so many uh, people that are inspired and blown away. Lives changed. And mm -hmm. the same way that, you know, Coachella changed our lives when we were young or Burning Man sure. changed our lives. And yeah. now what we do is doing that for a lot of other people. And I think through all the trials and tribulations and all the struggle, you know that makes it worth it in the end for us because if we're not you know the, this was never about money for us even mm -hmm. in the beginning it was it was always about creating mm -hmm. you know the whole thing is a platform so we could just create things and now it's more of a platform so we can reach people and inspire young people which I think that they need it I mean Coachella yeah. is amazing for what it is but you know it's still it's very it's a corporate festival, sure. you know. Yeah. I don't think that people are getting the the most amazing experience that they could be getting out there. So talk about that a little bit, because you know, you're here. You know, you've got kind of your own thing, but you're in the context of, of Coachella, right? Which is the, you know, it's one of the world's biggest stages, if you will. Um, why is that a good idea for you, and why is it a good idea for Coachella? I mean, for Coachella, I think it's a good idea because it, it I think it, it, it helps them tap into the underground and tap into something that they're not already tapping into. I mean, their lineup is huge and it's diverse and they're they're hitting a lot of different genres, but what we bring to the table is, is something totally different and it's really hard to understand. You know, so unless you're in it or it's like a part of your life, you know, I don't think that Paul Tillette and the rest of the people that are running the show could necessarily dive into the underground sure. and put it together. Sure. So I think for them, it, it really works. And, uh, you know, I think they're pretty stoked about it. For us, in the early years when we were younger, it was just a lot of fun. And it really helped us reach more people. Every year we reached thousands of people out here that otherwise wouldn't know about the Dew Lab or Lighting in a Bottle. And yeah. It allows us to find the ones that are really searching for something more than they're offering here and, mm -hmm. and kind of bring them to LIB. Mm -hmm. um, so it's been good for us in a lot of ways for a long time. But I'll tell you what, we're, you know, we're struggling with a little bit. It's, it's hard to... Like the party that's going on out there and the, the kids, the scene out there, it's not it's not where our heart's at. Right. You know, it's not what we started doing this for and it's it's hard every day to be like, Okay, well we're gonna throw this raging party again for all these privileged kids and yeah. and uh, you know, meanwhile the rest of the world is struggling and there's all this crazy shit going on. It's I have I'm really struggling with like what are we, what are we doing this for? Yeah. Like what's the real point here? I mean, I've seen in other interviews you talk about um, kind of evolving what you do beyond sort of parties. Yeah, I mean, that's, I think we're still, like, these are just conversations we're having now, and it's something that I'm feeling really strongly where I can't, I can't ignore it much longer. I'm not ignoring it, but, yeah, uh, you know, LIB is a start. Like, we're, we're definitely trying to branch out with more, a lot of educational components. We really want our festival to be, you know, the music's a big part of it, but we really want people to come and, and learn. Yeah. You know, we want education to be exciting and have people come and get involved in, in different organizations and kind of get involved in activism and, and try and 
get out there in the world, not just tune out all the time, which is what people generally like to do. Sure. So I, I think in the near future, hopefully, we're going to you know, launch some new programs and try and use the, the power that we have with our audience to, to get people involved and get people out there to do some really good things in the world. Let's go. Yeah. I don't know exactly what that is yet, but that's sure. like, that's where it's going. Right. I just, I personally need a little bit of downtime to, to, to focus. You know, like we're like, sure. we're just from one to the other. You don't really get to think. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we, that's the challenge of production, right? It's, Show day is coming, right? So, yeah. yeah, I mean, our whole team is out there in those offices producing our festival just in you know a month. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. it's kind of crazy to be here doing this, hosting a huge party, but right. also simultaneously producing and building in our shop. Like I said, like yeah. there's you know probably 20 people back there cranking away day and night. So yeah, it's, it's a lot. Like we we've gotten to a point where we bite off a lot. Mm -hmm. You know, like oh we can do all this stuff, and then once we start to do it, we're like holy shit, what do we do to ourselves? But we'll get through it. Yeah, you know, and then we'll we'll rest for two weeks. We'll be like, we're never gonna do this again. Fuck this shit. And then two weeks later, we'll be like, do it. Yeah, we just yeah. do it again every year. It's like That's we great. say we're never gonna do it again. Like, we're done with Coachella. Fuck this. We're never doing it again. Yeah. And then like a month later, we're just like, all right, we'll do it. <laughs> it's hard, you know. We just once you get the rest, we how, can't we can't help ourselves. How do you and your brothers kind of help each other through that? Or how do you like? What, tell me about the partnership. <laughs> It's uh, it's it's really interesting. It works really well because the three of us all have like our, our own unique skill sets. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm more of a music guy and a content curator. You know, like I like to I read a lot of books. I like to think about speakers and workshops and talks and, and music, especially. Josh, my twin, is an amazing designer. So all the structures, stages, all yeah. the artwork, design elements. That's kind of his domain. And Dee Dee is definitely more of like the. Uh, um, logistical minded um, you know he, we can send him into the most serious meetings surrounded by police and fire officers and yeah. CHP and counties and he can sit in those meetings and he can just charm everybody at the table and, and deal with all the really crazy stuff that Josh yeah. and I are like we, we're like we can't do that we'd be in there swearing and cursing <laughs> and storming out but yeah. so it works really well we complement each other well and uh you know, so we all, and we trust each other, we're each going to handle our own shit. So sometimes if somebody gets overloaded, we help each other out. Um, we also have an amazing team of people. I mean, three of us kind of steer the ship, but there's uh, there's dozens of people that are constantly working on these projects with sure. us that are amazing. So. And you've talked about those people as, as a family, and obviously you work with your family. Um, yeah, I mean, it's our organization is a big family. We've said yeah. that from the beginning. Um, most of the core people that produce our festival and run our company have been with us since the beginning. And we've all grown up together. We've all learned the ropes together, learned how these things work together. And, you know, some people live together. We all party together. We all yeah. hang out together. It's There's been a lot of relationships that have happened over the years sure, yeah. it's all very intertwined but so that's, that's kind of like the opposite of corporate america right which is so impersonal disconnected it is yeah and it's it's interesting because the bigger we get you know there's a lot of challenges I and mean, yeah. when you're working with people that you love and care about you can't just 
let those people go if it's not working out. Yeah. Or if you do let people go that you care about, it's really hard. It's a really difficult experience. So uh, sometimes, you know, or sometimes if you know somebody really well and they're a good friend, they don't respect you the way you need to be respected or they don't listen to what needs to be done the way you need it done because sure. they don't necessarily respect you in the same way. So there's definitely a lot of challenges, but I don't think that... I think if you were working with a bunch of strangers and nobody was really close to each other, I think that would kind of suck. Mm -hmm. So I like the way we're doing it. Nice. Um, and then, and so you're saying you're you're more of the curator, and I know you're you're kind of focused on the, the programming. Yeah, I I used to book all the music. Now I'm I'm slowly starting to pass it off to a team of people. Oh, cool. Um, just so I can focus on you know the future. Yeah. And new things. Yeah. And then I I don't book everything else but I kind of I built the teams that do all the curating and booking and I work with them and, and kind of oversee it all so uh, yeah content curation is kind of my my specialty so what makes you good at that what makes me good at it yeah I, I mean I don't know if I am good at it but I like to think that I try and put myself in the shoes of a lot of people like I have my okay. opinion a lot of people are like okay well that lineup sucks I'm like okay maybe it sucks for you but right. can you put yourself in the shoes of 25,000 other people yeah. and can you think about how it can be well balanced something for everybody like sure. a little bit here a little bit there so for me I'm, I feel like I'm really good at that putting myself in other people's shoes yeah. and trying to understand like what they would like and where they're coming from yeah and not having to be like this is what I want to see sure. but this is what I think that everybody is going to want to see I think that's what makes a good curator yo if you are digging this episode uh, check out my man Claude Von Stroke back in the Rebel Radio archives I sat down with him almost a year ago Claude Von Stroke is the founder of Dirty Bird Records which also does the Dirty Bird Camp Out which is kind of a mini festival produced in partnership with the Do Lab. So uh, it's a good tie into this one. If you're enjoying my talk with Jesse, I'm sure you're going to enjoy the Claude Von Stroke. Check that out after you finish this interview right here. What's the hardest part of that? Um, I mean, for us, the hardest part is not being able to afford to do what we really want to do. You know, especially when it comes to speakers and workshops, you know, like we want to get all these great authors and people that come in but big authors get hundred thousand bucks to come speak or fifty thousand bucks and sure. that's like our entire budget you know for some projects so yeah. it's that's challenging like I wish it we didn't I wish money wasn't a factor and then we could really curate the most amazing show in the world and yeah. but money unfortunately is a factor it's annoying it gets in the way of everything like we want to build all these great structures mm -hmm. and once you start to tally up what it costs it's oh, like man, hundreds imagine. and hundreds of thousands of dollars and we're like well shit we really want to do this but does it make sense to spend all this money will people appreciate it do people appreciate that structure out there yeah like they come in and they rage but did they really appreciate the amount of work that went into it i don't know so that's like the dilemma of the creative right is like you know these guys you know that make music like they sweat over the you know the tone of the hi-hat right yeah in the studio for hours and then it's like a bunch of drunk or whatever people that just you know they're not paying attention to that yeah. level of detail right so it's the same thing right yeah but i think some people would argue like people don't consciously process all of that but it still affects the experience absolutely i mean 
and that's kind of been our our whole motto from the very beginning. It's like it's all about the details. Like we've always focused on the details and really buttoning things up and, and making sure everything's super dialed. So yeah, they don't know they're appreciating it, but they are. It's part of the grand scheme. But it'd be nice if, you know, somebody would be like, hey man, the holes you drilled in that huge beam are spot on, you know? Totally. <laughs> That's not gonna happen. No, I'm sure it's not. Um, is, there, is there one decision that's had the greatest effect on your career? decision I, I don't know I mean I can't think of one decision that has but I, it's weird to ask that because I feel like that one decision might be coming still you know like I I feel like there's gonna be a, a shift soon because we're all like I said earlier like we're we're at a place where something needs to change for us like we can't we're, we're almost 40 now uh, this is our 13th Coachella building out here. Yeah. You know, like we've been throwing this party for 13 years. Uh, you can't, you just can't keep doing it. You know, sure. it's like we know we can do it. We're really good at it. It's, what it, it's not exciting to us. Anymore. Now I feel like I want to have you back on in a year to see what that decision. Yeah, I mean, maybe that'll happen. I, I, I personally, and like, I feel like my brother's in the same place, but I think we want to shift our focus. Like we'll continue to do this, but I think we want to shift our focus to. To, to reaching more people in a way that's not in a party atmosphere, but something that can really be like a contribution to the world. Yeah. So, um, but I don't know what that decision is. I need to go on vacation and <laughs> think about it. Yeah. Do you take Do you take a break after uh, Lightning in a Bottle? After LIB, yeah. We this year our schedule has us fairly open for June and July, so we're hoping to uh, to to rest and take some time off. Yeah. before we figure out what's next for us but uh, that one decision question I gotta think about that that's, All right. that's well, really we, interesting yeah call, you know let me know when you when you figure it out and, and we'll have you back on I know that they, yeah they say that you know you only make one or two decisions in your life that are like you know key yeah. decisions yeah. I know for me personally in my life I you know when I was 19 I dropped out of college and I moved here to California moving to California was by far the decision that I mean sure. that was that's the best decision I've ever made. Yeah. But that wasn't a company decision. That was just me. Still, that's yeah. a big one. Uh, well, we usually do this, like, you know, we try to go for an hour, but, you know, we're going to cut it short. I don't think we're going to make it No, definitely not. <laughs> we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be dehydrated by then. Um, so I just have a couple of last, like, speed questions that we like to do. And, and one, um, since you're a reader, what's, uh, what's the, the last great book? The last, I mean, the last great book that I read, and I'm reading the sequel right now, but it's called Sapiens, um, and it's by uh, Yuval Harari. Okay. And uh, this, he's uh, he's a professor, I forget where, but it's it's basically about the evolution of humanity and how we've come to be where we are now, uh, cool. and it covers everything from language and religion and money. Yeah. Um, all the way up to the present time and has a sequel which I actually just started this week I can't wait to finish it is uh, it's kind of about the future and where humans are going Interesting. and we're kind of like we're just racing blindly into the unknown technology changes so fast yeah we don't really know where we're going in 50 years nobody can predict what's gonna be going on so 
I highly recommend it. This it blew my mind, it changed my perspective on the world. Nice. I've been recommending I've been buying it for people and just oh, sending cool. it to people. I get awesome. sacked with the books. So. Nice, we'll check it out. Yeah. Um so if I worked at Do Lab, what is something I would hear you say over and over? Cut it in half, divide it by three. That's what I say to people when we're talking about budgets. Everybody always wants to spend money. They're like, well, yeah. let's, what, what can we do here? I was like, cut it in half, divide it by three. That's, okay. That's my quote. Nice. <laughs> that's a good one. Um, and then, uh, do you have a favorite DJ? A favorite DJ? Man, I listen to so much music. That's a tough one. Um, what about favorite live? Like, someone that's played, you've seen play live. Um... Lately, I've been listening a lot to an artist called Monolink. Okay. From Germany. Last thing you would want is something taking a little break right now. I'm trying to just like cleanse my palate. I've been listening to podcasts, which I just recently got into. Nice. What's uh, any favorite podcast? I mean, I, I've been listening to The Daily, just news ones, because uh-huh. like, it's nice to just catch up. My drive to work is like a perfect 22 minutes. Oh, yeah. So I get like a quick little... Right on. But yeah, what's a good podcast I should listen to? Uh, I really like How I Built This. Oh, yeah. I love that one. The, the, the Richard Branson is stellar. Yeah. I read his book. He's yeah. it's pretty inspiring. Yeah. With those guys, like Richard Branson, Elon Musk, those guys. I don't know how. I mean, we're just trying to run our little business here. You know what I mean? Sure. And it stresses me the fuck out, and I am like, I want to quit. I don't know how those guys run those huge. I mean, multiple businesses at the scale they're running them. It blows my mind. It's unbelievable. So what was cool to me about the Branson one is like, you know, he started out like we did. Right, like he was telling, yeah, you know, he had the story about driving across the border with records in his trunk, yeah, and he got arrested. Law, yeah, yeah. Like, he was just a kid, like starting it out, and you know, because you know, you see him on TV, and you, he's this larger than life character. He's yeah. got his own island and all this shit, and you know, he bought for like a couple hundred grand. It's crazy, crazy. But you know what I mean? You don't think of him as the dude who's like smuggling records in his trunk and just trying to figure it out as he goes. But but that's who he was. I mean, most people that have built anything big started out yeah. with nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. I don't know where like this, all this could go. That's what I'm constantly thinking about. Like, we have something going. Clearly, there's something going on here. So, like, what's the potential? Like, yeah, we could milk the fuck out of it and we could make a fortune by just branding everything and sure. doing that whole thing. But that's not really what we want to do with it. So it's... It's like, where do we find the balance in between LIB and Coachella? Coachella is too far to one direction. Mm-hmm. LIB is, I don't think it's too far in the other direction, but I feel like a happy balance in the middle mm. is what we got to find, but I don't know. It's really challenging. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of people that will, will support kind of wherever you go. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate your time there. It's great yeah. to meet Yo, that's a wrap. That was Jesse Fleming 
founder of the Do Lab live at Coachella. I hope you enjoyed it. Leave us a review on iTunes. Hit us on Facebook, Twitter. Make sure you check out our YouTube page for videos from every episode. And most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio.